Welcome to Rejuvenaging with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast that's devoted to helping you live your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day of your life. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and the author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenaging the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. I also manage the Mental Health Gym website. The podcast, as some of you have gotten used to knowing, often brings us some really interesting, educational, innovative guests who lead their lives enthusiastically and who are in a position to help you to maximize your potential, become the best version of yourself that you can be. And today's guest is no exception. We're really honored to have Eva Veneri with us. Eva is the founder of the Elevate Institute, and she's on a mission to dismantle the status quo of the sickness industry. Some people may think of it as a health industry, but in many ways, the focus is really on sickness. And and for those of us in positive psychology, we're well aware of the fact that we're too slow in working on helping people to thrive. Having spent most of her adult life suffering from all kinds of conditions, and as she states it, fighting for her sanity, she decided to take matters into her own hands at one point, and that's when everything shifted, and her body went from being the enemy to being her best and most devoted ally and partner. Really want to hear about that and how you can help others to do that. Eva now teaches worldwide how driven visionaries can take charge of their well-being and thrive in their lives. And anybody who is working on helping people to thrive is a friend of this podcast. And so I'm so thrilled to have you with us, Eva. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's all about thriving, isn't it? Absolutely. I think if you're going to live enthusiastically, then you're always looking forward to maximizing your functioning, becoming the best version of yourself that you can be. Now, Eva, I know that you have not just studied what you've studied to get to this point, (laughs) but you've really experienced it. But nonetheless, I want to start out with learning a little bit about what you do. So while I've given a a general introduction, what what do you do when you go to work each day? (laughs) Well, I, I decided to cut down the stress and stop driving to work. So I work from home, which is awesome. And what I do is really helping people feel at home in their bodies again using science. So my the the what I do it start everything starts with hair mineral analysis. What are the mechanics of that? I mean, does somebody cut off a lock of their hair and send it to you? Do they come to you and you do something to their hair? What what what's the magic? What's the magic, right? Uh. <laughs> and it is very easy. It is just cutting off a lock of the hair, but it's not the ends of the hair. We want the most recent information, which is the new growth. So in looking at the new growth of the body, we're basically seeing the trash report, how well everything that we are eating, breathing in, drinking, is what sits against our skin all day long is absorbed. That is then utilized to make more us, whatever that is. 
is left over, always left over, like dinner, lunch, whatever, <laughs> you know, and the body spits it out into our soft tissue, which is our hair and our nails. So that leftover, it gives me an opportunity to read what's going on with the energetic systems of the body and really find out what's needed. And mechanically, how is that done? Is it, you put it in a solution? Do you put it under a microscope? What, what happens if I send you my hair, what, ha- what happens to it? Where does it go from here? Yes, it goes to a lab where they have a light spectrometer. And the much like our food, it has to be digested. So it's broken down into the smallest particles. And then we get a report back of 22 different levels of minerals and toxic metals to see the trend of those energy systems in the body. And... Just uh, in general, what are some of the things that might it might tell you? In general, we're looking at not just individual levels, because the biggest thing I hear from people is, oh, that tells me what I'm lacking, right? Or, oh, that just tells about toxic metals, right? And I have to say, yes, and it tells so much more. So you can see metabolism. A lot of people are guessing through, oh, it's this diet, it's that diet that I need. But if you can tell what your metabolism is right now, you can really hone in on giving your body what it needs. So metabolism is number one. I can see what's going on with your body's ability to produce new cells, the quality of those cells, how well you're processing sugar, how well you are utilizing the nutrients you are taking in. If you are getting rid of toxins as you're exposed to them because we don't live in a bubble and we are exposed to toxins every day, everywhere, even if we stay at home. In fact, some of the most insidious toxic exposures are in our homes. So those things we're exposed to, we can see how well the body is processing all of that and how well it's putting up a fight or thriving. Okay, and uh, if you find out something which presumably you do if you're measuring all these things, what's the outcome of it? What's the kind of recommendation that that may be made as a result of this? It's very comprehensive, but it starts with walking through supplementation. So every good diet needs supplementation these days. I, I don't know of any way to get all of our minerals through just food anymore. It's just the way that our food's processed and uh, the nutrient load and and the quality of our food, even if it's organic and grown in our backyards, is not nearly as nutrient-rich as it used to be even just 10, 20, 30 years ago. And progressively, it's worse and worse as we go. So it's making sure that we have the right amount of and quantity of supplements. So we stop the supplement roulette guessing from point to point, uh, you know, best friend to doctor of, hey, you should take this supplement. Well, this tells you for sure. And then looking at the diet. So again, I mentioned metabolism earlier. So the metabolism, you can tell how much fat a body needs, how much carbohydrates, you know, a person needs. And what's interesting as a person becomes more nutrient rich, the taste buds change and the need for quality foods, the amount of goes down and we need less and less food. So getting foods the right kind in and when and the water. So there's all kinds of recommendations, lifestyle. So we're talking about how much sleep to get, what kind of, you know, what to do to get better sleep, those kinds of things, tips and tricks, things that we've decided as adults. And I was one of them that we don't need to do anymore because we're adults and we learned to do when we were younger, like take a nap. <laughs> it's, it's the little things, taking care of ourselves, getting to bed regularly, uh, not staying up until you know midnight watching scary movies. So it's really all about managing 
physical aspects first, and then we go into mindset and emotions. Great. And you talked about supplements, probably the two biggest pieces of advice in the supplement area that I've heard over and over again are, number one, if you're eating a healthy diet, you don't need any supplements. And number two, the best thing you can do is take a multivitamin and mineral, and then you'll get all the supplementation that you need between that and a healthy diet. Is, is that advice wrong or? Uh... No, it's, it's not, it's not completely wrong. So I can say this is one of those yes. ands. how's that? <laughs> so the amount of food quality that we have, or I should say the lack of it, somehow the quality of our food and therefore our digestion systems of our bodies, they're not working very well together. So even if we had great, great food, our digestive tracts as a society of Americans, we lack the ability to break our foods down properly in the stomach and then absorb it. That's why so many people have a hard time with raw food diet. I recommend cooked vegetables. It's easier to get the minerals out. So for a person who is having trouble with their nutrients and they're imbalanced. Uh, maybe they have some little symptoms that seem little, but as you age, you know, it's like that symptom and then gets compounded by another system. And next thing you know, you have a lot of very frustrating symptoms by the time you're 40, 45, and you wake up feeling worse than you went to bed the night before. And this is when a person no longer has the option to just simply take a multivitamin because it won't really give you the type of healing that the specific supplementation can. And it really comes down to building a whole new foundation. And you can't do that with just generalized supplementation. So this is really fascinating stuff. I'm really, really interested in going further. But I can imagine that um, my audience has its share of cynics. Where, and I can just hear some of them saying, you know, this, this isn't real science. Uh, so I guess... <laughs> One of the questions, I mean, where do you, where do you learn this stuff or what did you, how did you learn it? Are there certifications for it? Is there, is it based on something other than (laughs) non-science? Well, it is science because nutritional balancing as a science, it's been around for more than 50 years and there's been an awful lot of propaganda written by, I don't know that they're well-meaning, but people who have tried to debunk the value of it, but I'm a walking billboard and so are hundreds, if not thousands of other people who've been doing this for years who have not found value in just taking medication. And for those who don't want to take medication, it's a great alternative. So the based in science part and the certification part, it was invented. Nutritional balancing and hair mineral analysis was created by Dr. Paul Eck, one of um, the doctors. And his formulas for being able to look at how the relationship of minerals determine the vitality that you have, it's all science. And it's been something of a a mushroom science because it is considered by some people, they are skeptical. And in short order, it tends to make sense to people as a conversation ensues. And I can't tell you the number of times I get into this conversation. No, this sounds like tarot card reading. Nope, not at all. (laughs) It's very, very scientific. There's uh, certifications through several different opportunities to get knowledge on this information. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a lay person who became very interested in the science and decided this is working for me. I'm going to become certified. And then I eventually made a business out of it. 
And your certification is what? It's nutritional balancing science and hair mineral analysis. And I also have a personal nutrition certification, which is separate. Okay. So I understand that you came to this through your own experiences. And while I did outline a little bit about it in the introduction, can you take us through a bit of your personal journey as much as you're comfortable with as to where you were and how you got to be who you are now? Sure. Yeah. And if I, if I don't share, this is where it doesn't give anybody the opportunity to fully understand how it can affect them. And it started out being something as simple as, as a teenager, not fully getting into cycles, you know, as a female feminine cycles. And that was something the doctors always wanted to give me an excuse for. Oh, Eva, it's just because you're so young. Oh, it's because you're so active. I was very active in school with you know, sports and gymnastics. Oh, it's because you just got married and, and eventually the stress of that. And I kept thinking, gee, everybody has stress. Mm-hmm. How come it's fect- affecting me like this so poorly? And it turned into autoimmune issues, which then continued to I call it an avalanche effect, continued to cause problems. I ended up with perimenopause by the age of 28. I had arthritis, depression, anxiety, insomnia, heart palpitations, itchy skin, foggy thinking, a short-term memory loss. At times it felt like long-term memory loss, <laughs> but no, it wasn't. <laughs> any diagnoses I, I know, I had 30, so I just named under 10, and <laughs> I have forgotten many of the ones that I had, which is nice. <laughs> you know, so so to be able to go through the process of, of being told, hey, you're you're going to end up in a wheelchair by the age of 35. You won't be able to live a, a normal life. You're going to be on social security disability and you will not be a functioning part of society. That was not acceptable to me. So I just had that this one belief and it's more of an Eastern belief, I think, than it is a Western belief. If you give your body what it needs, it'll heal itself. And I just somehow innately had that. Maybe I read it somewhere. Maybe it trickled into my, my idea, ideology and I decided to adopt it, but I just believed it. And so rather than taking up the prescriptions that I was given and taking them, I decided to be just stubborn. If, if there's a way to use stubbornness in a positive way, this was it for me. <laughs> you know? so, a lot of ways to use it. Yes. <laughs> so because I was blessed with insomnia at three o'clock in the morning, I decided to do a, a Google search. And I was just, I put in all as many of those symptoms and issues as I was telling you in that search string. And it came across an obscure article that started to describe my everyday experience the migraine headaches that were daily. And by the way, I know migraine headaches are not clinically migraine headaches if you have them daily. So no one could tell me what I was experiencing, which was interesting. But migraine headaches were what they felt like to me and I was having those every day. The fatigue was making it really hard. So anyways, to to be able to read all of these things that were going on for people who had similar issues as I, I suddenly realized, oh, I found something that makes sense. And and towards the article's bottom end of it, it started talking about nutritional balancing science. And it said, if you give your body what it needs, it'll heal itself. I went, hey, I know. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So then the next question, the very obvious next question was, how do you know what the body needs? And it started to talk more and more about hair mineral analysis and how in looking at this report, you could see not what you're lacking, not just what metals you have in your body, but the relationship of those minerals and what that has to do with your vitality. And that 
that was interesting to me. That was the key point that changed everything. And from a practical standpoint, how do you interface with medicine or do you at all? In other words, do you discourage people from seeing doctors? Do you work with them? What's, what's the story? Yeah, absolutely. It's an inclusive story. So I, I believe that everything has its purpose. And if I need Western medicine care, a great surgeon, somebody who can help with a broken bone, or I have trauma needs, I get into a car accident, you know, that's something alternative medicine can't help. Not, not like that. And I believe in using the right tool for the right job. My dad was a carpenter of sorts for hobby. He used to make furniture. And he always says, Eva, measure twice, cut once, <laughs> use the right tool for the job. And that's how I look at all medicines, whether it's alternative or Western or, you know, woo-woo science, you know, massage. there's a place for massage, there's a place for Qigong, there's a place for yoga, there's a place for hair analysis, there's a place for all of it. And they, they do work collectively together in their right time. So yeah, I'm sure in the health industry, just like throughout the world, we could use a whole lot more of people working together and sharing their expertise and not fighting turf battles and uh, maximizing what we can use from everybody. I agree. I, that is one of the goals of the, of the Elevate Institute is to help people come together in communal spaces like the healing centers that are up unused all over the world to bring people together in those spaces with multiple practitioners to be able to introduce, hey, did you know that if you have XYZ problem, then you can look at this, you know, this science and, and get familiar with more than just your general MD. And I think that's the important thing is the education. Great. And what it just what is the Ele Elevate Institute? <laughs> the Elevate Institute is my company and it is the basis and foundation for this type of thinking, this this way of thinking. The philosophy is if you give your body what it needs, it will heal itself. And it really does come down to taking care and having the integrity with yourself to take control of it. It's not up to other people to tell you what to do with your body. It's up to you to get the information and then know what to do with it. And that's a life. I think that's a lifelong lesson there. Speaking of lifelong lessons, I'm a big believer in prevention whenever possible. Now I'm wondering, are there key principles for parents or younger, younger adults in terms of, you know, if you lead your life a particular way, can we avoid people like you? In other words, is, is, <laughs> yes. there, is there a way to do it to really maximize our potential? <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Put me out of business. Well, well a lot okay. of people say something about me, you know, if they're not working with schizophrenia or, you know, major uh, mental illness and people don't see, you know, wellness as, as something to that's the role of psychology. So I know, uh, I know where you, where yeah. you. <laughs> well, you know what? It, I it just, it, I will answer your first question, but on that point, I see the correlation so often between a person's state of mind and their ability to process emotions and thoughts and even traumatic events with their health. If they are unable to do any of those things due to energy, a lack of it, and oftentimes we don't have enough energy. If we don't have enough energy to digest our food, you know, well, then we're not going to have enough energy to digest, you know, Uncle Tom's death or the, 
you know, the drama from work or, you know, so-and-so is having a, a new kid. It's like all of these things, our life becomes so much more dull and we can't enjoy them. So that's, that's something that I've noticed that as I work with people and then we start to talk initially about symptoms, that's what brings people to me, right? Because they're not preventing. <laughs> they are, they're, they're at this door of so much frustration. They don't know what to do next. But eventually that conversation shifts from being about symptoms because they're no longer there to the inner conversations in and around how they feel about themselves, belief systems, issues with core wounds from childhood, and even, even traumatic wounds from life in, in adulthood. So on the note of can people avoid me? Mm, yes and no, because of this. Imbalances and toxins are passed to us from mother to child in the womb. And then we spend our lives growing up in the same environment in which our mothers typically created us. And she had her imbalances as a result of. So you're, you're going to have a sifted ground on which your foundation is built, just like the leaning tower of Pisa. You know, it was leaning as it was being built. And they noticed this, of course, as they got to the top of it and decided they're going to shift the layers of stairs at the top to make it look level to the ground, okay? So when people just simply do a, so do some preventative, which is great, you still wanna do preventative, but if you only change your diet and you only make sure that you you know, get enough rest and you only make sure that you drink good quality water, it's still not, it's only like taking the stair steps at the top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa and changing the dynamic there. You have to go all the way down to the foundation. And time and time again, if I, I work a lot with families multi-generational, and so I can see the mother's hair test the children's hair tests and they're close to identical. So we can see the, the physical aspects of it in, in science that yes, we do pass down nutritional imbalances from mother to child in the womb. If the mother is working with me ahead of having her children, all the better because then we don't pass imbalances from mother to child in the womb. And that's the better way to go. Well, we've kind of been trained depending on our age to get an annual or every two or every three year physical, in an ideal world, would a person go through this testing, I guess for want of a better term, once and establish kind of a baseline and go from there? Is it something every every five years do it or 10 years? Or In an ideal world, if you could make people just take care of themselves by, by looking into this, what, what would you recommend? I would recommend doing a a stint of it because it's not so much a baseline. It's a little bit, works a little bit differently than a blood test in that we're trying to recreate a whole new foundation. So when you get a single test and you look at it and you go, oh, all right, this is a combination of all of my metabolism layers in a collective on this test. So in other words, when you're working with hair mineral analysis and you perform a retest every three to four months over the course of maybe a year to a year and a half, you give your body the length of time it needs to peel back the layers of metabolism and get rid of the imbalances that you can't get to with just a single test. So that's the difference. And if you want to rebuild the foundation, it takes time. You know, it took time to get this way. Mm -hmm. And so it, it takes a little bit of time and patience and practice and changing some habits. A lot of people have some interesting habits. We just need to work on those and then <laughs> clear out those imbalances and the toxins. So once you do that, once you get rid of layers of metabolism that have maybe an imbalance of copper, imbalance of calcium, imbalance of zinc, and then the toxic metals that are then in the body 
that we can see cadmium, arsenic, iron, lead, you know, nickel, all of those things. We can see that mercury as well. And as we see the body changing its layers, metabolism layers over time from test to test, you can see what metals are leaving the body in those metabolism layers as we rebuild the foundation of the body. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, this is really fabulous because uh, I'm learning a lot. Yay. <laughs> um, but I am thinking back to when, when a lot of people in my field studied psychoanalysis and practice psychoanalysis, and there was a thing called completing your analysis, which pretty much nobody ever did. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering, with your work, do you get to the point where you complete it and then it's kind of a maintenance set of behaviors or whatever, or is it the kind of thing where things can creep in again? And so, you know, you're never fully free of, of these toxins and so on. Well, I guess I've asked it about as well as I can. <laughs> it's, and it, it is a complex question. So it's hard, it's hard to, to ask. And, and the answer is also complex. So, and it can be, it can be uh, as simple as learning to listen to the body, what it needs. And if you feel great in your body and we're looking at the hair test results, maybe it's number six, you know, and that's kind of a marker right there. If you feel great and things are working well, if you're digesting your food and the markers say, hey, if you've rid yourself of many of the toxins and you've gone through some healing reactions, you know that the viruses that you, you know, thought you were inoculated for are, are no longer, you know, the, you've had a healing reaction and they're gone. Bacteria is gone. Parasites are gone. They, they no longer can live in an environment that is balanced, right? So that's the idea. We get to the place where you no longer need those flushes, you no longer need the cleanses. You just need a daily dose. So you go from eating your diet <laughs> of, of good quality food and your supplements with all of your meals to coming to that completion, like you say, completing of the cycle. And you just take your daily diet, your, your multivitamin, like you said. So once we get the body strong, now we can go back to that original philosophy. Yeah, you just need a multivitamin and maybe some omegas and some vitamin D because not everybody gets outside enough. It's like all of these things, they help us, but we can really draw back the need to be so intensive with the supplementation and then just go on about your lives. Now, the only time that people tend to come back to me is if they've experienced something traumatic and they didn't take care of themselves during that traumatic experience. I can't tell you the number of people who tell me, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to put off doing any more of my program because I just had a death in the family and I'm moving and I'm getting married and I'm, blah, blah. and I'm like, okay, these every, every time you go through a life change, your body actually has a physiological response to it. it it's a stress response. This is the time to support it most <laughs> so <laughs> we, we tend to make ourselves a little bit weaker during these moments of deciding that our health should take a backseat to everything else. So I would stress that more, and more than anything, continue to always support the body. Well, that brings me to kind of another kind of favorite area of mine. As you know, I wrote a book on growing older with enthusiasm. And are there things that uh, you can recommend particularly, not on an individual basis, but just you know, as we get older, are there, there are things that many of us get sucked into doing that are kind of counterproductive? Are there some things that we can do, if not preventively, to at least keep things from getting worse as we reach the older ages? 
Yeah. I kind of, I feel like I've already reached a level of older ages myself because my, my dad kept telling me, Eva, you're way too young to have all of these problems. <laughs> and I suppose that's the one thing that I really want to say is that there's this mindset that it's somehow okay to not feel good as we get older. And we draw a line in the sand every year and, and we back it up a little bit and say, oh, I guess it's okay for me to have this problem. Or, you know, then next year it's, oh, I have now that problem. And we tend to oftentimes take on a medication to solve one problem. And then next year we need five more medications to take care of the symptoms from that previous medication. So I would you know, raise the hand with the physician and say, all right, what can we do alternatively? And sometimes they're not willing to have the conversation and sometimes they are. I've heard both sides. I've experienced both sides. So I think that if you become a partner with the physicians, then all kinds, then you can, again, take integrity with you and not depend on, on the other person to be your, <laughs> to be your guide in health. And that's, that's really my best advice because I don't believe that feeling old should ever happen until you're about to die. I really, really don't. <laughs> and people are living longer and longer so that uh, there should be a real incentive to not feel old if we, if we can do that, because otherwise you'd be feeling old for a long, long time. That was my case. Absolutely. Well, there's another part of the introduction that, that kind of fascinated me. My wife and I have raised two sons. We've got a couple of grandchildren now. We always, part of the conversation at any age range is, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, the, you know, you hear the usual things, uh, policeman, fireman, doctor, at various stages, veterinary, and so on. I've never had anybody talk about being a visionary and I think you talked about, you know, the fact that, that you really work with people who are professionals, visionaries, people who, who are these people? What do, what do they do? What makes somebody a visionary? <laughs> I've noticed that somehow in this generation between 35 and 65, there's an awful lot of us. I think maybe the uh, the latchkey kid is the the result of the very independent person who's decided to have a grandiose idea and not just simply be a worker bee, you know, and they've got this idea to go out and be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, business owners, people who have an idea, vision. And if they're so that's, that's just so I understand. The driven visionaries are kind of the entrepreneurs who are and business owners. 80 hours for themselves yes. instead of 40 for somebody else. Man, there's a, bunch, there's a bunch of people who are also working for others at 80 hours a week. I know that. <laughs> and, and they need support also, but they also will be the same ones who say they don't have time to take care of themselves. So I work with whomever wants to work with me. That's my first step. They don't have to be a visionary, but they do have to want to help. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's probably pretty good advice for almost everybody is uh, you get yourself motivated to want the help and then find the, the best people to work with. So assuming that they want to work with one of the best, how do they get in touch with you? Best way is my website. It's theelevateinstitute.com. And on there, there's a couple of different thing, tools they have on there. So some people, they don't want to give up any more blood and I don't blame them. And you don't need to give me hair yet to find out if you need to get rid of toxic metals or you have some imbalances. I have a 20 question questionnaire right on the homepage. This is something like, yes, 
take me to the test now, something like that. <laughs> you click on that and you can answer some quick questions and find out if you might have some imbalances. And then at the bottom of the page, you'll see a call Eva. You can click on that and there's a way to send me messages there right away. Okay, terrific. Well, as I guess I've implied or said a few times, this has been really fascinating and educational. And I'm sure that the listeners have gotten a lot out of it. I'm just wondering, is there anything I should have asked you but didn't or anything else that can uh, help you know, clarify what people should be doing to be the best version of themselves from a, from a nutrition standpoint? I suppose the biggest question is to not let any question go unasked. I have a lot of fun with really listening to what's going on with a person. One, because I can relate. If there's something going on where you're like, oh, wow, I've, I've been to so many different practitioners and I just simply haven't had the help that I think that I should get. If I don't have relief, then I still need to be looking. And I would love to have the opportunity to, to help and clarify if it's, if this is something that can fill that gap because I'm not for everybody. Uh, not for cancer. It's one big thing. It's not for cancer. Uh, it's not for heart conditions. It's you know not for serious uh, mental illness. <laughs> it's not for things like that. This is for that everyday blase. I'm so tired. I can't figure out what's wrong with me. I'm in a lot of pain and no one can help. That's who that's for. Okay, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that fit that category. Uh, we'll have your contact information in the show notes so people will be able to reach you. And I do want to remind the listeners, if you have any questions of me or suggestions for future guests, you can contact me at ron.kaiser at mentalhealthgym.com. Eva, I want to thank you so much for for a really fascinating interview, something that you don't hear every day and was both educational and your ability to articulate it was, you know, terrific. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show.